Welcome to the Formed in the Word podcast, a production of the Augustan Institute. Your hosts, Dr. Jim Prothro and Dr. Israel McGrew, will review the lectionary readings for this Sunday's Mass, explain their context, and help you to appreciate the Church's wisdom in selecting them. Welcome to Formed in the Word. I'm Israel McGrew. I'm James Prothro. And we are professors of sacred scripture at the Augustan Institute. Today, we'll be looking at the lectionary readings from the third week of Advent. We'll explain each reading in turn, uh, explain their context and some of their main points, and we'll draw out some of the continuity, uh, the different themes that carry out between these readings, which the church in her wisdom has put together to lead us into the mystery of Christ. This is a resource for lay people who want to enter into the Mass more deeply by reflecting on the Word in advance, and especially for priests as they prepare their homilies to feed their congregations on the Word. So, uh, today's first reading is from Isaiah 35. Um, but first, Jim's going to start us with a word of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Israel. Um, I'm actually going to uh, use a prayer from a little prayer book that I bought uh, not too long ago. Uh, this is attributed to Origen, who was a um, uh, 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 teacher and uh, preacher in the early church uh, around the end of the 100s, beginning of the 200s. Um, uh, I don't know, I haven't done the math uh, to check up and make sure that this is exactly something that he said, but it doesn't matter because it's still a great prayer. Uh, so let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, inspire us to read your scriptures and to meditate upon them day and night. We beg you to give us real understanding of what we need, that we in turn may put its precepts into practice. Yet we know that understanding and good intentions are worthless unless rooted in your graceful love. So we ask that the words of the scriptures may also be not just signs on a page, but channels of grace into our hearts. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for that. It's really beautiful. Isn't it great? Yeah. So are our readings. So Isaiah 35, 1 through 6a and verse 10 is the reading. Um, the whole chapter is worth reading. And the chapter is about the end of an exile or the return of you know, a group of people who've been in, ex in exile, in captivity. And the rhetoric ties together God's creative power and God's ability to restore the land as well as sight, um, just to make the, well, let's just read a little bit. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. And as it continues um, in the chapter, but not actually part of the reading, uh, waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion singing, everlasting, eternal joy will be upon their heads. And so the chapter is reminding the people of Israel who God is. God is the creator. And as the creator, he's the one who has the power to change the desert, right? This kind of empty void image of chaos and you know, a land that doesn't support life and to renew it, to recreate it, as it were, to make it supportive of life. And we also have language evoking the Exodus here, right? Uh, the way of holiness as the way through the wilderness. Of course, anticipating Isaiah 40, right, the, the way of the Lord. And so the idea is that because God 
is the creator. God has these powers. And so God will restore Israel. And so these images are metaphors for the restoration of Israel, uh, for the end of exile. And especially um, God is coming with his justice, right? Um, God comes with vengeance, which is both punishment, but it's also vindication. It's also the reward of the just and those who have been oppressed. Yeah, it, it strikes me here um, amid, amid all of the restoration imagery, but the way that it's characterized that you're pointing out um, uh, in, in verse 4 there, right? God comes with vengeance, with recompense, with repayment. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when, you're, when you've rejected God, right? And a lot of the material in Isaiah and some of the other prophets, right? When they're telling the people to repent, they're telling, accusing people of their sin, and they say God's coming with repayment, uh, usually, you know, is a threat, yeah. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. That uh, 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 when 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 what you're doing is rejecting the Lord and wronging your neighbor, right, and being wicked, then the repayment that you'll get for your wickedness, right, is mm-hmm. a punishment. Uh, on the other hand, right, for those right in a comforting passage like this, for the people who are hoping in God, waiting for God, um, and looking to Him, who are being faithful and and who are parched from it, right? You, know, you think about Jesus uh, in the Beatitudes: those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? They will be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Well, here we've got right thirsty ground will become fruitful, right, a yeah. fruitful oasis, right? Um, and springs will uh, will come forth there. Um, we're we're we're. Uh, the the people of God here uh, who are waiting, who are faithful, right, are invited to hope for God's recompense because those who have been faithful and are, right, in in dire straits because of it, those who are hungering and thirsting, right, for a salvation that they're still waiting for are going to receive it and God will repay them uh, with that salvation um, uh, in this kind of way, right? Um, yeah, and, and this is what God coming looks like, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's the coming the presence of justice, mm-hmm. of reward and punishment, um, depending on how you've been behaving. Mm-hmm. Have a look at Nephilim and Isaiah, one had the psalm? Uh, well, just one, one, one short note, um, as uh, people remember from the liturgical calendar, our, our candle for this week, uh, the third Sunday in Advent, is pink, um, and that represents joy, something called Gaudete Sunday, rejoice, right? Um, and that's what we're uh, that's what those who hope in the Lord are called to do, even thinking about His coming and His recompense. Now we're also called to penance because you you, yeah. you need to you need to make sure to let grace get yourself right, right? You want to get the right recompense. <laughs> yeah, you want to get the right recompense, the the right repayment. Um, uh, but for those who are hoping in the Lord and whom God is continuing, we're continuing to let God uh, uh, by faith cleanse us and sanctify us and strengthen us, um, right? Uh, there will be shouts of joy. Um, and you can see that here in verse 6, right? Uh, those who are mute will sing for joy. Um, and we uh, can look forward to the Lord's coming with the same kind of joy and, of course, also with that spirit of readiness and preparation, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in some other pericopes here, some other readings. Yeah. All right. So let's look at uh, Psalm 146, and verses 6 through 10 is the, the reading for the week. But the rest of it's really great too, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Not a bad start to a psalm. Um, And kind of the psalm is, it actually starts off with, put not your trust in princes and the son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. 
on that very day his plans perish. Instead, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And that's where the reading starts up with. It's kind of um, describing God and in the context of the one who blessed, who the one who is blessed because they have put their trust in God rather than in mm. princes. And I think this is pretty timely for us, um, right? As we go from election season in you know, the rest of the fall and into the start of November, and then as we turn to looking to and trusting in our King mm. who is coming. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. I love the uh, thinking deeply about verses three and four in the Psalm, right? Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there's no salvation, mm. right? And why is there no true, right, no lasting salvation in any such son of man? Well, his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and his plans perish, right? Leaders, kings, princes, governors, whatever, right, they can do some good, they can do some bad, but they ain't going to be around all that long, right? They come and then they go, right, over the course of the years, uh, over the course of lifetimes and centuries. But there's one son of man, right, who is divine and is eternal, and the salvation that he brings as our king always remains, right? Yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. When he gives up the ghost, he actually um, wins his victory. His plans are finalized in that. That's right. That's right. And risen and ascended, he is at the in the driver's seat of the universe mm -hmm. um, uh, amid all of the crazy people in the back of the bus, uh, the, <laughs> like me, uh, who cause trouble and have to be straightened out, um, but he's still in control and he's still driving it toward his wonderful end when he arrives. Which is how the psalm ends. Right? Mm -hmm. The Lord will reign forever. Um, that's the same, the root there is the word for king. Mm -hmm. right? The Lord reigns as king forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Um, I also just want to call quick attention to uh, verses 6 and 7. Right, The Lord who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, right, for eternity, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. And so again, as in Isaiah, we have this kind of coordination between the God who created everything, you know, and therefore is transcendent and omnipotent, um, and therefore can redeem, right? The one who can execute justice, feed the hungry, free the prisoners. And this is the one who keeps faith forever. Amen. Well, thinking about keeping faith, patience, and waiting, uh, we can jump over now to our uh, epistle reading for the third Sunday in Advent. And that's from James chapter 5, uh, verses 7 through 10. Um, and here in James 5, uh, the, the context is uh, the epistle of James which is sort of written broadly to a whole bunch of different churches, but it's especially calling all of the people of God everywhere to live their faith, right? So that there's not a, a, a separation or a distinction between what they do with their hands and what they confess with their mouths or what they believe in their hearts, right? That everything should go together. Um, he says in chapter one, don't just be hearers of God's word, but be doers of it. Um, and in chapter 2, faith without works is dead. Yeah, that's right. Even the demons believe. That's right. That's right. And this brings him to talk about a number of different kinds of things, right? Uh, so in chapter 3, he talks about uh, taming the tongue, right? That this is a, a source, he says, of evil, right? Because our speech, our tongues, uh, get away from us, right? And you, there's people who have self-control in almost every other way, uh, 
still sin with the tongue. And he says, and you start sinning with the tongue, and what you say turns into what you do. So put a muzzle on it, or put a sock in it, right? Um, uh, and let your speech be purified. Talks about wisdom from above. Uh, but one of the ways in which he talks about uh, all of these things is to constantly remind people of uh, God's coming judgment and the promise of it and also the threat, right? Like we saw with his recompense and vengeance in Isaiah, right? That the Lord is coming. Um, and so in chapter 5, he calls for people to wait on the Lord and starts off with uh, uh, words against the rich, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming on you, right? And he gives this image. He says, you know, all your gold and your silver, right, all of your riches, now corroded, rotten, rusted over. And it turns out that not only is it, that's not just a sort of like wise-ish kind of thing to say like, well, you know, you have gold, but it might rust or fade, right, or something like that. He, he actually goes farther to say, listen up, what you've been doing, in fact, all the times that you've stored up wealth for yourself that you won't sell, all the times you've defrauded the workers who work for you by saying like, oh, no, I don't, I don't have to. That would be just or that would be good for you to, for me to pay you that, but I won't do that because I want to keep my money, right? Or even, or even keeping back wages from people who have worked for you and be like, oh, yeah, well, well, come back in a couple of weeks. I'll pay you later, right? He says in storing up all of that, what you've actually been doing is storing up a heavenly bank account of judgment. Yeah. Right. Debt. Yeah. And this is, to mm -hmm. go back to chapters 1 and 2, this is the difference between a hearer and a doer of the word. Um, faith, which is made perfect through obedience, and particularly in the context of you know, not telling a poor person, go be fed and be warm, mm -hmm. but actually feeding them and clothing them. Mm -hmm. right? If you believe in God but don't have charity, then you are in the same camp as the demons mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who have that knowledge but don't care. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, so, he, uh, 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 so he calls for repentance uh, in the beginning of chapter 5 uh, from the rich, but then he moves on to just talk about, in general, patience. Right? Be patient, therefore, until the coming of the Lord. Right? So the judge stands at the door, as he has been saying. Right? Be patient. Fortify, or strengthen, or establish your hearts, he says in verse 8. Right? So, well, because the, the thing is, is that we live in a world where, right, the recompense isn't all there for wickedness or for righteousness, right? Yeah. The righteous die, and sometimes the wicked are, you know, apparently very successful. Yeah. See Ecclesiastes 3. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Time for everything except justice in this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and the, 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 uh, uh, many of the wisdom, uh, the sages in the Old Testament, especially in Ecclesiastes, right, point this out. Um, and so right, the biblical answer to that isn't that, well, maybe God doesn't actually give justice, right, or reward sin or uh, uh, righteousness, but that it's delayed mm -hmm. and that being faithful means keeping faith up to the end, right, and waiting for it. So be patient and establish your hearts. Don't grumble against one another. The judge is standing at the door, right? Live your life against the horizon of the Lord's return. And that's a call for us, right? James is talking to Christians very directly. Right? It's a call for us to always live our lives before the Lord and against the horizon of his coming. Because again, that brings with it a, a threat, right? So that means that we need to do penance and, and, and get ourselves in line, right? 
But also it's a great promise. Right? He, he compares this to a farmer waiting for rain. Mm-hmm. Um, right? A farmer has to wait, has to keep waiting. Right? The fruit of the crop that he has sown, just like the fruit of the deeds right, that we have done, right, the, what you reap what you sow, um, we'll, we, we may have to wait to see that for a while. But God is the good God who gives rain to the farmer, right? And he brings it and he does bring it just the same way that he is the good God who will come with justice. Yeah, and standing put at the everything door. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's really easy to miss, right? Um, it's easy to look at this image of the farmer waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient until the rain comes. And it's like, okay, that's just an image of waiting. But you know, God is the one who sends rain mm-hmm. on the just and the unjust alike. Um, and so it is, I think, actually making that comparison. And much like the first two readings, right, the God who's the God who's the creator, and therefore the God who created and sustains creation and can transform it, is also the God of justice. Mm-hmm. And so while we have to wait, um, we know that he will um, enact his will. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He is good, and we trust him. So keep holding on. Keep trusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when it feels like you're in a parched land, right? Yeah. Waiting for springs of righteousness and joy to, to come up, right? Whether it's in your life, whether it's in the world in general, right? to keep waiting for the Lord because he's coming and he will bring uh, the rains and he will reward the fruit of our labors, right? Our work in the Lord is not in vain, even if you don't see the results this week, this month, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that, we can move on now to uh, our last reading for the third Sunday in Advent, uh, and that's from the Gospel according to Matthew, uh, chapter 11, uh, verses 2 through... 11. 11, thank you. You have it written down. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, which one is it end up? Uh, so now this is another story, right, that on the one hand might look like it doesn't connect very much to the other um, uh, readings, and yet at the same time, uh, it, it really ties so much of all of them together. Um, John the Baptist is in prison, and this is where, famously, he sends messengers to Jesus to say, hey, are you the one who's to come, or should we expect, or what's another word for expect, await another? Hope. Yeah, hope for another. This is a, this is a passage about hope and a question that gets voiced uh, through John's words to Jesus. And so he sends some of his disciples while he's in prison are you the one to come, or shall we expect, shall we look for, hope for another? Now, sometimes with this, right, it, it, it's kind of a sensitive reading, because on the one hand, we say, like, well, wait, doesn't John know? Like, he leapt in the womb when Jesus was nearby. He pointed to him, and he said, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Like, he knows, right? Didn't want to baptize Jesus because he knew Jesus needed to baptize him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So on the one hand, you're kind of like, what gives, John? Like, I thought you knew. Like, I thought you were supposed to be the triumphant, like, yes, he's the one, and I know it. Um, But we don't have—so sometimes people interpret this to be, like, that John is sort of kind of putting on a little show, right, that he's Mm. trying to get his disciples to become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah, because he knows, but they don't, and so he's sending them to ask this question. Um, But we don't have to do all of those gymnastics— to still affirm that John knows that it's Jesus and that maybe that's actually why he's asking this question. Right? Um, because if, if, if I don't actually think that God is going to make things right, I'm not going to complain to him or ask him questions when I think that things aren't right. 
right? If I, like, if I don't actually believe that God is going to do that, then why would I go talk to him about it? It's the people that I know are supposed to do this or that that I talk to or ask questions for or have complaints for when I feel like they're not. And you can understand why John might have questions, I think. Um, so John was sent, uh, as we know from the Gospels, to preach a baptism of repentance and to tell everybody that the day of the Lord is at hand now, right? And John is going to preach, and once the Lord comes, he'll bring fire and the Holy Spirit and judgment, right? There'll be, be burning, right? He's going to take everything, everybody who doesn't bear fruit, right? Everybody who's not repentant, right? And all of that will be cast into the fire, right? And that's what John preaches, and that's what he was sent to preach, right? He's doing a good job. But now Jesus is here, right? And look, he knows that Jesus is the one to come, and yet, what's Jesus out doing? He's cleansing lepers. He's not burning the fruit of the Pharisees. He's just asking them questions and telling them that they don't understand the law. Right? He's healing people. He's teaching the poor. Yeah, and if we think of <laughs> the allusion to Isaiah here, right? Uh, Go tell John, does Jesus answer? The lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them, right? So the blind seen, the lame walking, right? this is from Isaiah. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. so this is, these are the signs, at least now they've become the signs of the coming of the Lord. Maybe they were just metaphor before, um, but he's expecting vengeance. He's expecting vindication, right? Herod is the one who needs to be punished, and John needs to be vindicated, but that's not what John is, in fact, experiencing. That's right, and John right now is in prison because mm. he was preaching righteousness, and Herod threw him into jail, and he's going to get beheaded pretty soon, right? Um, right. So where's the vengeance yeah. on my behalf? Where's the burning, right? I mean, John seems to be having a crisis of faith. Maybe, or, or at least at least serious questions, right? I mean, yeah, he's asking, like, yeah. What gives, as you said, like, yeah. if you're the Messiah, come do the Messiah thing. Mm -hmm. And the majority of Messianic expectation is for a political Messiah who's going to cast out the Romans. Herod's an Edomite. He shouldn't even be in Jerusalem, let alone be ruling over the Jews. Mm -hmm. right? And so they're looking for this political restoration, um, which again, Isaiah 35 is actually in the context of a political restoration. And so this seems to be, I think it seems to be the hope, and this is the, the confusion, mm -hmm. the source of confusion mm -hmm. for John. Yeah, so certainly certainly confusion. Um, but the part of the importance here about Jesus' response, right, is that Jesus points to right, all of those other signs from Isaiah, right? right? The poor have good news preached to them. Lepers are cleansed. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk, right? I'm casting out demons. He says elsewhere, he says, mm -hmm. if I cast out demons, then power of God is among you, right? The kingdom of God is among you. Right, it's just doing something different from what many expected. Exactly, and on the one hand, it's doing, it's doing something different, right? He's coming to invite people to salvation, right? By the goodness and the salvation that he brings and his coming death, resurrection, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. Um, he is still pointing the finger at people who do wrong, right? And he casts out money changers from the temple. Um, but he's, the fullness of the burning is not coming yet, right? The judgment that happens when Jesus shows up really occurs in the way that they respond to him. Jesus says in John chapter 3, uh, 
that whoever does not believe is already condemned because he hasn't believed, right? Our own response to the Lord, our faith or lack of faith, is in itself a sort of judgment. So there is judgment, right? There are these things, and yet at the same time, the fullness of it hasn't come. John will still have to wait, and John will actually have to wait in prison and will still end up suffering martyrdom. Mm -hmm. The coming of Jesus doesn't remove our crosses from us, right? It gives us the way, for he is the way, right? To bear up under them, to bear them unto salvation. He doesn't deliver us from dying completely because we have to die with him. He gives us a way to follow him through death and into new life. Um, and that can be hard for anybody to understand, right? And certainly you would expect John the Baptist, who doesn't have all the rest mm -hmm. of the reflection on Jesus' death and resurrection in the New Testament, uh, who's just sitting there in jail going, hey, what's up? Um, but John will be martyred. But in doing so, he will follow and at the same time come prepare ahead the way. of, prepare yeah. the way for the Lord Jesus to do the same uh, for the salvation of the world. Um, and so Jesus says, blessed, in verse 6, blessed is the one who's not offended by me, the one who doesn't, isn't scandalized by me, right? Who doesn't look at the way that I have come and the mission that I'm uh, bringing and say, oh, well, that's not what I wanted. Let me leave. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a big thing, and it's really, it, it, it can be really difficult, even uh, sometimes especially for people who are faithful, right? Is to say, I've been faithful, and I expect God to respond this way. I'm not a crazy heretic, I'm not a pagan, I'm not whatever, right? I know what the truth is, so God, I thought you were telling me this. I was in adoration one time and I felt like you were telling me this, and now suddenly it's not there. What gives? And the question then, right, when you bring that to God, is, well, are you going to still be submissive and listen and follow him where he's leading you, even if it's a place that you didn't expect or maybe a place that you don't like? Or are you going to say, oh, no, that's not what I signed up for, and leave, yeah. right? So, so this we is, have to endure in faith and hope. And so this is a really remarkable moment in the divine pedagogy mm -hmm. of what they're expecting the kingdom to be. And you know, I think that we can even read in verse 6, blesses one who's not offended by me, um, Jesus saying, look at the signs. Like, I am doing the thing that you expected. That is, I am, in fact, the one you were pointed to. I am, in fact, the one bringing the kingdom of God about. But it's not what you expected. I'm not saying I'm bringing vengeance and recompense. That will come. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I'm doing instead is raising the dead and preaching the gospel. So this is the kingdom of God among mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Don't be scandalized by this. Mm -hmm. And so I think Jesus is inviting him um, to reconsider the significance of his own ministry, yeah. reconsider yeah. what the nature of the kingdom of God is, and to prepare himself for martyrdom. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. And it's, a, it's helpful for all of us, too. I had a, a mentor one time who uh, contrasted uh, Christianity with Burger King. <laughs> he said, where did he start? Yeah, so, so, well, yeah, where did he start? But he, he said, listen, it's not, a, it's not a you have it your way, right? Um, there's, there's, there's his way. And you don't always know exactly what that's going to be in the small particulars. But the good thing is, is that we know the big picture, what his way is, because he's already mm -hmm. revealed it to us in the death, resurrection uh, of Christ Jesus, right? That the Lord will come and will put all things right, and that the good that we have done in him, sanctified by his Holy Spirit, by his grace, 
that will be rewarded and it will endure into the new creation. Right? And if we remain in him, what's left to be purified in us, he'll purify. He'll take care of it. And we can get about doing that now, right, and be preparing for that now uh, by loving our neighbor, by mm-hmm. following and trusting the Lord, and by repenting of our uh, reliance on our very small-minded and selfish perspective uh, that the Lord opens up so that we can see him and we can see our neighbor um, and we can follow him in the path of love. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, good. Well, that, that takes us through the readings yeah. for this week. That sums it up for this week. I hope you have a joyous uh, third Sunday in Advent, yeah. and we'll see you next time. God bless you. This has been a Formed in the Word podcast, a production of the Augustan Institute. For more inspiring and informative content like this, please visit formed.org.